Um, welcome to the third episode of the Wild Society podcast. And um, I want to welcome our guests today. Um, we have Matt Forsyth here, uh, worldwide traveler, cinematographer extraordinaire, award-winning cinematographer, I may add. Um, Matt does work with uh, Kuyu and amongst many others, actually, in the uh, hunting industry as a cameraman and editor and producer and videographer. And so we thought it'd be interesting to bring him in today and talk a little bit about what Matt does, how he got into it, because in my 30, almost 30 years in the outdoor industry, if I could tell you one job that people inquire about most frequently, it would be being a cameraman or being in front of the camera um, for hunting or fishing content. And so um, it'll be interesting to get some perspective from you, Matt, about how you ended up in the spot you're in, which is a, a pretty damn good one, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I kind of got lucky. It's just um, who you who you meet, you know, along the way. I think a lot of life's like that, you know. There'd be mm-hmm. lucky than good in who you meet, and I was really fortunate to meet the right people that uh, opened a lot of doors for me and closed a lot of ones that that I shouldn't have taken. Right on. Yeah. Um, you worked really hard to become an overnight success, though, I would guess. Right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was luck in that you got to meet somebody that you didn't know. But you have to have talent and work ethic and be a professional in order to make the most of the opportunity. No doubt. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I've seen yeah. you work. That's why I can say that. Yeah. We've been on a few hunts together as well, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. Um, in addition to Matt Forsyth, we, we have like the round table today of Wild Society uh, mercenaries, the folks that work here in the coffee company. You know, they do like the hard work. They go out and hustle and help people find the right coffee. They help source coffee. They do packaging. They sell it. They do e-commerce. They do retail sales. They do all of the things that are sort of behind the scenes that make a company go. And um, But they're also really dedicated conservationists and outdoorsmen. And I thought they'd bring some interesting perspective to the, to the podcast. And it's a way to celebrate their hard work. So I wanted to invite both Nick and Chase Wheels Wheeler today. So, Nick Ramberg, what is it that you do here at Wild Society? Uh, I guess the better question is what do I not do? Um, I guess a little bit of everything. Uh, everything from, you know, filling e-com orders to, uh, you know, end, end consumer sales to open up new retailers. So, mainly really the focus is on new re- retail accounts. Um, if that's big box all the way to a small archer shop, you know, even here in Bozeman. So, that's kind of like, I guess, a day in my life for Wild Society. Awesome. 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 So um, I'm going to call you Wheels because that's what we call you. Sounds now, good. Now, you can tell them your real name. And if you would prefer during the broadcast that we call you Chase, um, I won't do it. But I, I, I will try to. I'll, but I'll screw it up because you're Wheels to me. I'll but be Wheels. wheels. Give I'm, us, I'm Wheels. You good with Wheels? Yeah. All right. Go ahead, bro. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, primarily do... Uh, e-commerce orders, retail uh, stuff as well, opening new dealers. And uh, more recently for us is opening up new opportunities in conservation efforts. Uh, at the end of 21, we did a, a 
she relocation with Arizona Game and Fish. And we're now looking at some new projects for 2023 um, here in our home state of Montana, which is pretty exciting for us um, to start putting some dollars to work, um, you know, furthering our mission uh, to provide coffee for conservation. Um, that That's a great lead in, um, which we should talk a little bit about, because honestly, Matt is as involved in Conservation Direct as anybody I've met. I think you've been at all of the relocations yep. and yep. projects. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. You filmed them for Kuyu and helped participate in, uh, in, doing the, in yeah. the actual transplants. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Super cool. So... Um, just to give some perspective, I think it would be a good idea because I know you guys, but the people listening don't know you guys at all. So we're going to we're gonna give the quick, where am I from and how did I get here? And each one of you has to do it, right? Um, no, everyone's heard mine. They don't need to hear me again. But Matt, you're going to start it. So where are you from? How did you get here? Uh, originally from New Mexico, outside of Albuquerque a little bit. And... Uh living in Amarillo, Texas. I got there, played baseball for West Texas A&M after, uh, after uh, high school. And yeah, I just kind of ended up here with the Wild Society guys, with you guys, um, obviously through camera work and Conservation Direct and, and stuff like that. So super cool. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Ramberg. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, from Bozeman, I guess I went to school, you know, at Montana State. Uh, my parents are both from Montana. I actually grew up in Spokane, Washington, but, you know, just knew I always wanted to be in Montana. So went to Montana State University, graduated, kind of did a few other things, um, traveled the world a little bit. And the next thing I know, I'm I'm meeting Jeff on, a, on an elk hunt. And he said, you know, whenever you get tired of cow, doing the cowboy life, come out. Uh, if you ever need a job in Bozeman, let me know. So ended up moving back to Bozeman and next thing I know, I'm working with Jeff's, you know, doing the coffee thing. And it's been a, it's been a great ride ever since. Are you just going to skip over the whole part about dating my daughter or, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, we can take it a few steps back. Yeah. Um, ended up, ended up meeting, meeting Jeff's middle daughter through Madison through, um, her, her older sister, his oldest daughter, um, married one of my fraternity brothers. So met up with them, ended up meeting and, um, you know, kind of became friends. And then I went back, went back cowboying. And then whenever I came back, moved to Bozeman, I was like, well, maybe we should give this a go. So we're actually celebrating our one year anniversary dating tomorrow. So awesome. 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 So brothers dating sisters. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Sounds yeah. very West Virginia. I mean, Bozeman's changed a lot. So. <laughs> okay, Wheels, tell us a story. Where are you from and how did you get here? Grew up in uh, Colorado Springs um, in a very outdoorsy and recreational fam- family. Um, came to school up at Montana State in 2014. and So uh, are you also a brother? Also a brother. So you guys were all fraternity brothers together, correct? Yeah. Yeah. No no, uh, relations into the Edwards family. So Um, you're not dating any of my daughters or anything? No. Good. No. Um, Being as you're engaged to Hannah, that'd be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. We got engaged uh, about a month ago. Uh, Yeah, a month ago. Um, So looking forward to that. But um, 
I met Jeff and uh, Chase a couple years ago and really aligned with their their values and their mission and could not be more thankful for the opportunity to work with them. And this kind of adventure wild society has been um, really a passion of mine as far as outdoors and being able to give back and also learning a lot of different factors of the business world that I didn't know before. Cool. So, um, wild society is, a, a you know, about coffee that fuels conservation and everybody has a different impetus for how they sort of, you know, matriculated their way here. But what sort of binds us all together is a common love of the outdoors. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, when I was a young fella in the early nineties, um, and got my first corporate job, uh, it was working at Easton Hoyt specifically. And from a very early age, I, I was blessed to be able to do something that I love to do for work. And that's been one of those, um, I'll say a why in the road that when I did it, I didn't really realize that I was embarking on like a career path. It was really just about, I like to shoot bows and arrows and I like to archery hunt and they're going to pay me and I get to do those things as well. And so, but after you get into the industry, you realize it's like, you really, it's, it's not about doing it as much anymore as it is helping other people be able to enjoy it right because we're in the products and services for folks who like to hunt camp fish and shoot that's what our business is so of those disciplines where do you kind of position yourself i know chase myers you're a you're a shooting guy first and then the hunting has been sort of something that i would say you cultivated alongside of it is that a fair way to put it cool Matt, where, where do you align with that? What, what's your sort of super vertical in the outdoor right. industry? Well, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, I graduated college and it's any way that I could avoid real life job, I did, you know, and that's why I picked up a camera and started, well, I, you know, I went to a film school and, and they had a hunting show at the time and I kind of just worked for them. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to prolong this whole job thing. So in my eyes at the time, you know, I'm have a camera and although I'm working, I didn't see it as work, you know, you're making content and hunting all the time and, and, uh, and just grew through that, you know, which is, you know, I guess also I was on the hunting side of things first, obviously, and kind of made my path that way. But it's like, it's kind of like you said, like all of a sudden you realize you're embarking on a life career, you know, here I am 15 years later, you know, and I'm still doing it. It's like, well, that was probably the right decision, you know, and still loving it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think yeah. that's the the secret sauce is like, do you get up and look forward to it? Yeah. And I would do this if I didn't do it for a living. What we right. do, I right. would do anyway. How about you, Nick? Where do you align on all of those? Yeah. I think the, the easy answer definitely is the whole hunting, you know, the hunting side of things, um, you know, getting your first year with my grandfather, you know, 11, 12 years old. Um, but I think that, you know, all of conservation really runs through that and runs deep within my family. You know, both my grandfathers worked for the forest service. Uh, my great grandfather was huge conservationist. Um, you know, he's actually in the university of Montana, um, like hall of fame for conservation. Um, all of his papers and writings all about, you know, being a, uh, a ranger on the forest service is, 
all over in, in that in that kind of space. And he did a lot for conservation um, in the wilderness as well as um, just you know international forests. So I think the conservation side of things really was the driving force, but you know, the cool, sexy answer definitely is hunting. But, uh, yeah. So I guess kind of some Your, of both conservation is truly a legacy for you. Yep. That's yep. cool. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of that. That's yep. really interesting. And I think that's awesome. We should do a little spotlight on your grandfather at some point. Yeah, I mean, definitely. we, uh, you know, it, it, being that we're, we always, we, we try to keep this straight. Like, Hey, we're a coffee company that, that does conservation. We're not a conservation organization. We just happen to think that conservation's super important, so we make it a priority. Um, but I was late to the game on conservation. Like to me, I grew up in a, on a farm, and that's a consumptive uh, perspective. You're creating a product out of animals or animal byproducts that people can eat. Right. So that was my sort of perspective. And hunting was a continuation of that. It was like, hey, I can take this rifle or this bow and arrow and I can go out and create food and um, and recreation at the same time. So that was kind of fun for me. But conservation, it really didn't occur to me, honestly, um, as a younger hunter, it didn't happen until I was older. And I'm not suggesting that's everybody's journey, but it's certainly mine is that I started to realize like, holy cow, I've had an entire lifetime of joy in the outdoors. And the last thing I would want to do is leave it any way other than better than I found it. And so that's a big motivation for me. But when you come from a legacy, a family tradition, almost, if you will, of conservation, what a super good perspective. I mean, it's it's been a part of your life from from when you were little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you have the ability to have a greater footprint and impact because you can make it a lifetime pursuit. I admire that. And, and I hope that we are able to um provide some energy for other folks to think like that. So super cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, How about you wheels? What's your, what's your super vertical and all of these uh, different things that we participate in? Mine's, mine's a little bit different. Um, I think my passion for the outdoors started um, a little in the, in the fishing realm of things. My grandmother taught me how to fly fish when I was about 10 years old. Um, she's probably like the longest standing trout unlimited member in the state of Michigan. Uh, she's been fished on the Pier Marquette River since she was, you know, in her teens. So it's something that I've kind of had more of a it, What is she now, like in her late 40s? <laughs> Your <laughs> grandmother? <laughs> You're only 25. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's worth a question. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, 80, 85. Uh, a lot of people call her Tough Nan. She still goes out and steelhead fishes on the Pier Marquette River. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, my, my background... An understanding of the conservation world was kind of more relative to Trout Unlimited and those kind of um, the fisheries uh, conservation groups. And more recently, hunting has become, you know, more of a, a passion for me. My first actual hunting trip was up on the on Kodiak Island when we went um, and chased some uh, Sitka blacktail deer up there. And that was the first big game animal that I have killed. And that was something that was, I mean, just... What a good way I, to get I went started. right to the pinnacle yeah. of <laughs> You just passed all the bullshit and went right to the yeah. mecca. Yeah. And it, like the experience, that experience was incredible. The guy that we hunted with John, um, he was Johnny. I mean, 
right. world, absolutely world class. John Rydine. That's a shout out to Johnny. We yeah. can't miss a chance. <laughs> world class experience. And that's something that I will never forget. Um, so I'm excited to kind of explore the different, um, you know, avenues of conservation in hunting. But also, you know, we have we've met with the, the state of Montana for fisheries projects uh, for conservation, which I'm super excited about um, as they're, you know, waters that I, I fish very frequently yeah so well i don't want to tip the hat because it's not done but we're working on a tributary and wetlands reclamation project that hopefully we're able to get finished up here that would start in the late spring here in the state of montana so we are pretty stoked about it we did one which was big game which was as you guys have mentioned we did a wild sheep transplant with kuyu and loophold um and the state of arizona game and fish um that was uh desert bighorn and bighorn sheep and so we wanted to go um a different direction with our next project and do something for the fishing side of the of the world um i would say that uh you know wheels and i are both pretty avid fly fishermen although i haven't been as i haven't had the time to do it as much as i used to um but i own an outfitting uh and guest ranch that does fly fishing guest ranch and and outfitting business here in the state of montana called spotted bear ranch up in the bob marshall wilderness and so that is one of my uh, my ashes will be spread on the south fork someday that that's my plan um i just think it's for me, it's my it's my happy place, and the people up there are amazing, and um, super blessed with great staff and a cool place. And anyway, um, okay, one more filler question before we get to the really hard stuff. If you had one hunt left, Ooh. one hunt left, where are you going? What are you doing? Anything you can pick, anything you can do anything you want. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think about that one. Maybe a, calling a big moose in. No, I'd say elk. I mean, you can't beat elk. Okay. Big screaming bull coming in. With your September, bow and arrow? September archery, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, yeah. all right. Nick? Mm, that's, that. I guess, is a tough one. Um, you know, knocked off the September archery bull hunt already. I would say, I don't know. I've always wanted to you know, put my hands on a big bear. I think maybe a little more practice and an archery, you know, bear hunt in Alaska somewhere. You know, if it's going to be your last hunt ever, I guess go big or go home. Like you get eaten, you get eaten. Yeah. It's going to be your last hunt either way. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Hopefully, hopefully get one arrow off, you know, I'm going to take a slingshot and go try to kill a Cape Buffalo based on that logic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wheels, where are you going? What are you doing? Uh, I I would definitely go uh, stone sheep, I think. Um, I think I I respect the, I think that that experience would be uh, pretty world class. And as far as opportunities to do that, I think they're more and more limited. You know, it's funny. I, I asked that question for a purpose or a reason is because it tells you everything about where somebody is in their process of their maturation as a hunter. Like for me, it's an easy one. I would say um, I'd be with my my dad and my brother somewhere hunting. I don't care what it is, because if I had one left, I would want to go do it with the guys I started with. And that was my dad and my brother. And um 
hunting for me isn't so much anymore about what I get. It's about what I get to experience. And I can't believe I'm saying that because like early in my career, uh, Jim Doherty, who was an outdoor writer of some infamy in our industry, um, who was a childhood hero of mine. And when I went to work at, at Hoyt, he was on our staff. So he became a really close friend. And he was like, Jeff, there's four stages to being a hunter. The first stage, you just want to kill something. The second stage is you want to kill everything. And that's where you're at, Jeff. And I was stuck there for a long time. Like I was uh, just absolutely and loved going out and seeing how many things I could let the air out of with my bow and arrow. The third stage is you want to hunt for a particular thing, whether it's, you know, the, the big trophy or the older, you know, more wily animal, whatever that may be. Um, and then the fourth stage is you don't really care if you don't get anything. You just are super appreciative that you get to be out there. And I would say that I'm firmly in number four. And it's really fun because I hunt with people who have no understanding of it. I hunt with Matt, with Brendan, with Nick, with Lance. The only person I hunt with that actually gets it is Will Waldrip, right? Yeah. Because he's yeah. kind of there he's with there me. He's there to enjoy it. Yeah. Dude's having a great yeah. time. He doesn't care if yeah. we kill something or don't. And we say that and we really mean it. And everybody else in camp's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, really. Like, yeah. That's really where yeah. I'm at. Like, uh-huh. And I think that's one of those things. Age, for one thing, you get a little soft and you get old. Yeah. And I definitely see some of that in myself. But I think the other component of it is it's like – how many things do you need to, you know, to, to kill to, to how many animals do you need to harvest until you go, well, I mean, I, you, you know, I'm going to eat it if I kill it. So I can't go out and, and just shoot all this stuff because I, I won't shoot anything I don't eat. So, you know, you get selective and then it gets to a point where you're just like, it's funny at, at 54 with a knee replacement and an ankle rebuild and some old injuries that don't, they, they all came back in my fifties. Like when you look at the mountain now, you're like, that's going to hurt. <laughs> it's a real right. part of a conversation with yourself. <laughs> when you're young, you don't, nothing hurts. And you're like, you don't have a consideration about energy, time and recovery. You just go. And so I think that's also part of it. You start thinking about like, yeah, then I have to go up there and I'm going to have to, you know, gut it and quarter it and pack it out and bring it home and process it and put it into bags and put it in the freezer. And like the eating part of it's so much easier when I just, you know, go to the grocery store. (laughs) So um, I'm there for the experience. That's I think it's like my time with God happens when I'm in nature, my time to reflect on my life and, um, you know, things that I want to get done are the clearest when I have the less no, at least amount of noise. And I think that's when I'm sitting on the mountain somewhere looking through some glass or doing whatever. So, all right, cool. Well, that's awesome. That was good. That's good. Um, Chase, you don't have a mic, but like, what's your last hunt, dude? It's it. Where, Where are you going? Probably an elk hunt. An elk hunt. Okay. All right. You're not going with the judge somewhere? You're just going elk hunting? Ooh, I just burned your house down. That's tough. You better not tell your dad that you're on a podcast. Um, Pete, Brad deserves better. Um, Anyway, (laughs) Uh, soon it's going to be taking your son, though, right? Very true. How about that? He doesn't even throw that one out there. You'd have thought. (laughs) Yeah, the son's first time. 
Yeah, but like if it's the last hunt, wouldn't you want it to be with your son? There's like no limits. No. no. Be like aliens. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like touche. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right, let's back out of here. <laughs> Sorry, this is why he doesn't have a mic. Zero uh, <laughs> aliens on DMT. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> DMT. Uh, something Jerry Rogan does. I don't really know what it is. Oh. So you're just going to reference to something you don't know what it is? That could be really bad. Um, all right, so let's get to the real serious business of why we're here for this podcast, is we have ourselves a prominent hunting celebrity amongst us. Very true. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you aren't a prominent local, uh, local uh, a prominent hunting celebrity, then who is? Talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah, not me. You. I'm the guy. I'm the guy behind the camera that films the uh, celebrity. You get in front of it a fair amount too. There's time. Yeah. I've seen you. I've seen you in some of the. Didn't I see you shoot a, a big bear somewhere? No, no. It wasn't on film. Oh no. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're behind the camera, but yeah. you're still a celebrity. <laughs> you're the KU camera guy. Uh, Isn't that what they all call you? How do ca- How do people Brandon's refer to you? Camera Matt. That's what Lucas and Gray call me. Camera Matt. Yeah, Camera Matt. Okay. Well, no. to me, you're a celebrity. No, thank you. All right, like I, like I just, I, I don't ask you for your autograph, but <laughs> it could go either way. So, Matt, you're going to school in Amarillo. Yep, right? West Texas A&M. Well, West yep. Texas A&M. Yep. Um, is that the same school as Texas A&M? It's like a sister. It's a Division two school. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, so West Texas A&M is its own entity. Yep. Okay. Because yep. like in Montana, we have like MSU Billings. Yeah. But that's do. still MSU, correct? Um, or is that its own school as it, well? It is its own school. They, they I'm play confused. NAIA, I think, sports. Don't quote me on that. All right. But it is. They're a different mascot. Um, it is, really? Yeah. It's a wow. whole... Completely different sister school. They do partner on like certain programs, though. So you have like a stolen valor thing where if you find out that someone at MSU Billings is just saying they went to, they graduated from MSU, you're like, whoa, Um, you were in pre-K, bro. I, I, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, it, it is a completely different school. I mean, you'll see the logo. It's like instead of three letters, it's four, it's MSU, and then a B. So, M sub. You know, Montana. That's kind of like the kids in Colorado who apply to CU that don't get into CU go to CSU. I think is how that. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a like a rivalry, maybe. Uh, I mean, I mean, no. The, I mean, I think it's it's just a small. It's a smaller school. Um, and it's in I mean, Billings. It's in Billings. There's also Rocky. You know, that's in Billings. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Mountain College. Uh, there in Billings, that, another just, smaller school. That sounds kind of shady. Is that like a real school, or is that one of those mail order ones? I, I mean, it's it's a real school. They have a football team. Uh, really? Yeah. Hmm, I think they're even they're lower. And then you mean then you got Carroll, and you got Montana Tech, Montana Western. So. Okay. So you went to the pinnacle of them all, MSU. Yeah. yeah. I would no, say. I mean, I would say like there you could find a more correlation between you know Texas A&M and West Texas A&M would be, you know, University of Montana and like Montana Western. Um, Montana Westerns and Dillon. It's a smaller school, but it still has sports. It still has its own campus. It's just a lot smaller. You know, okay. I guess even probably comparatively to a Texas school. You know, not that this is way off subject. Like in in Pennsylvania, there's Penn State University in 
in State College. Mm-hmm. But there's also Penn State York. There's Penn State. There's many different branch uh, campuses. Right. It's all Penn State. So you apply to Penn State University, and they typically uh, higher GPA qualifies you to go to main campus. If you have a slightly lower GPA, you'll get into Penn State maybe, but you're going to have to go to one of the smaller campuses. But you're a Nittany Lion. You're mm-hmm. you're still part of the Penn State community. So you graduate with a degree from Penn State University. Right. I, and there is other bigger schools that do that. Like I know University of Washington does that, has sub-campuses, if right. you will. Um, that, But it is completely different, I guess, here in Montana. But I don't know how it is in Texas. So. Yeah, it'd be different. Different. Because there's like Texas a and Kingsville, too, way down south. That They were in our conference. We played them at different schools. Yeah. Absolute rivalry. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, awesome. They, they just use the name, right? Right. They right. probably call yourself Kingsville. Right? Yeah. And say mm-hmm. all the alphabet suit. All right. Well, I learned something today. That's good. All right, Matt. <clears throat> so one day you're in college? Or were you in high school? C- camera wise? Yeah. Oh, I had a Look. camera ever since ever since I was I don't know, ten years old, filming, you know, making fake videos of shooting fake animals. You know, we used to put archery targets in our yard and put elk sheds on them and film a hunt. You know, me and my buddies just kind of walk around the yard, drive my mom crazy, recreating what you yeah. were watching. Yeah, exactly, TV. exactly. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, I think I still have those videos. I actually have to show them to you sometime. I'm pretty. I mean, they're was, terrible. But so, when were you watching those hunting shows? What 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 time frame would that have been? When you were ten? Oh, that would have been like. Was, what year was it? That'd have been 10? like Michael Waddell, real tree road trips, hunting caribou, like three hundred thousand caribou walking by. Those like those so kind of 90s. days. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, cool. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I guess 2002, I was nine, so yeah. Early 2000s. So I was doing hunting television as the bow hunting editor in like the mid to late 90s. Okay. So I was uh, gone before you showed up. <laughs> yeah. But so how did you get from, hey, this is like, it, it was something you were doing in your backyard with your buddies. Yeah. That was your like make-believe job. Like people used to play army ranger yeah, or yeah. We hunted. cops and robbers <laughs> or cowboys and Indians. You were playing fake videographer. Yeah. It kind of started as a joke. Actually, me and my buddy Bradley and we'd, we'd, uh, like satire. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we'd go, I'd get my dad's laptop that had, you know, whatever, what editing software it came with in the early 2000, well, a little bit later, but, uh, and we just try to make our parents laugh, like, you know, doing the like, is he down stuff and like taking catch up and like following the blood trail and stuff like just the stupid stuff. But, you know, so we did. And then obviously we got in high school and stuff where we could actually drive and hunt and stuff like that. So we tried to, tried to film our actual hunts, which we got some cool stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, the cameras pretty much just got nicer and obviously college put a hold on some stuff, playing baseball and going to school and stuff like that, but still had deer leases and went and filmed stuff and uh, and then just kind of had it compiled. And I went to that film school, it was Camel Cameras at the time, uh, Tom Petrie, Nick Ventura. Like, yep. I went there and um, they kind of looked at some of my stuff like, this, this is not bad. Like, that's, have a, you, that's a hunting compliment. Yeah. This isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they... Uh, they invited me they have a they had a show it was um the life at the time and it's become one now but i filmed for them for a little bit and uh yeah and that's actually those guys are who introduced me to will who introduced me to kuyu 
who basically how I met you on the mountain goat mountain that one time. That's like the eight degrees of Kevin Bacon or something, I think, but (laughs) that's cool. So if you had to sum up in a paragraph or two, what one or two things have contributed the most to your current success and realization of your career objectives, what would it be? Will, number one, just meeting Will. I mean, that's, He's any, a transformational guy. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Which any, I mean, you talk to Will for five minutes and you realize that for anybody. You 100%. Know what I mean? um, He's a big success and it's not an accident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would agree. Exactly, yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. How about hard work? Does that enter into it anywhere? Yeah, oh, I mean, obviously. But I mean, Your single greatest ability. I think the, re- there's, I mean, there's better camera guys than me. I think the reason that, um, that Brennan, you know, Kuyu and Jason at the time liked me so much is because I could keep up. Right. You know, I wasn't going to quit. Um, Which is not everybody. Right. Well, I mean, you go on a sheep hunt. I mean, I I thought about it. The first sheep hunt I ever did with them, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is, you know, this, this is, is real. This is real. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they had just had a camera guy quit. So I'm like, obviously, I'm not going to quit. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's the reason, reason they liked me. But so, I tell people all the time. I mean, there's I've seen it. I've seen videos and like, there's definitely a lot more talent. It's just a matter of the drive you have. And I guess hard week, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. You work hard. Exactly. You know, I think one, you're underselling your, um, talent. I, you're a humble guy. And I think that's nice of you to do that, but you're a really talented guy with a very artistic eye. I I love the stuff that you do. It's beautiful. Um, but I think when you, the way to remain humble in what you do is to never forget that little axiom of hard week, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it's like, if you start to think of yourself as talented, that's where you can start to think of yourself as taking a shortcut. Right. And, um, which I, I get, that was a question. Do you agree with that? I assume yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, you better, I mean, cause otherwise <laughs> you just look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> the other thing was, um, greatest single ability availability, right? Right. If they call and you say, I can't make it or I can't be there for that. Do they call you again? Not, not usually. No, yeah, they don't. Yeah, in the beginning, especially. Right. As you've been around and you've proven yourself and you've developed deeper relationships. Yeah. You can have conflict, scheduling conflicts, but it's funny. Um, like I, again, having been in the industry most of my adult life, um, and and not everybody asks me this, but the people who love the outdoors. And they're like, wow, you work in the hunting and shooting industry. How did you get into that? How could I get into it? And um, it was like, if if I didn't answer the call when Hoyt called and said, hey, do you want to come to Salt Lake City? The answer would have been like, hey, I, I, I'm busy right now, but yeah. can I come next week? Yeah. Or uh, my, at the time, uh, wife, uh, she was... She was like, there's no chance we're ever going to move there. You shouldn't even bother wasting their time. Yeah. And, you know, a short few months later, she was living in Salt Lake City. Because when you want something bad enough, what you're willing to do to get it. Yeah. You, you like you couldn't get paid for it. You would never work that hard right. even for a paycheck. It's a passion. Mm-hmm. Does does anybody really understand just how shitty your job is? No, I don't think so. I mean, I had the conversation with a lot of people. It, 
everything looks good on the outside. Not, not, I love my job. I love it, but, uh, it is pretty shitty. You know, everyone, everyone will look at the film and oh, you get to hunt for a living. You get to go on these cool trips, but they don't, I mean, you're spending nine months a year in a tent with shitty weather. You don't get to see your family. Cold. It's cold. Hungry. (laughs) Heavy packs. Yeah. Heavy packs. Plus camera gear on top of your heavy pack. I, I mean, I think a testament to your hard work is I heard a story that Jeff told us when he got back from uh, I was just gonna your, say. your coastal, your, your brown bear hunt, I think. Um, and it was when Matt was out with you no, all. No, that was Uniclete. It was my moose and grizzly hunt, moose right. hunt I think. Right. And he you, wasn't with me on the brown and bear And you, I, the way you described it is there was like a, you know, a ridge line. You can jump in if you want. And, but, you know, Matt was booking it up this ridge line to get the shot of the sun coming up. Then you guys took off and he was up in front of you again. Next time you looked up, he was in front of you again. You know, you're bouncing all over the place, um, getting shots. And I mean, that's that's hard work. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to get through the day. Matt is trying to tell a story. So he's got to have the beginning, the middle and the end. Right. But he's the only camera guy. So he's literally got to be in the front, the middle and the back. <laughs> and, and I'm like watching him and he's carrying like a real pack full of stuff i pick it up to hand it to him one time and i was like what in the hell is in this thing (laughs) but then he takes it a step further so we're hunting in uniclete and you kill a you know big we killed a big grizzly while we were there and yeah and matt's got his full backpack kuyu pack of all of his camera batteries cords all the shit that you bring with you you know 15 different cameras whatever it is 80 pounds of stuff is that an exaggeration Uh, it's not that 60 depends on the hunt humble anyway i would say it was 120 if i was carrying it but he says it's whatever it was heavy and then we all were taking like here's what you're going to carry out and meet and hide and here's what you're carrying out matt takes a full portion like He's not supposed to be carrying anything because he's filming it, but he's filming it and helping us pack it out at the same time. And that was super impressive to me. I was thinking to myself, like, that's somebody who really loves what they do and really understands the, the totality of servitude. And when you have that way of traveling through the world, people want to do things for you, too. And I know that about me as it relates to you. Like, I admire you. I think, wow, that kid is a kid. Young man, sorry. You're a kid to me. <laughs> you're, the, you're the age of my children. How's that? But I just think you have a lot of the hard stuff figured out early. And it's not, it's not a, uh, a mystery to me why you've been so successful. If I was to say, what's the pinnacle photography job, do you think, if you're going to do work in the, in our industry, who would you want to work for mm. above and beyond anybody? Who's doing really cool stuff that's different? Company-wise? Yeah. Oh, I mean, Kuyu. I, right. Yeah, the Conservation Rec stuff, that's cool just to watch it. The hunts are cool too, obviously, but... Um, the way they hunt? Yeah, they're. I mean, you're not sitting in a whitetail stand. We're not saying that's not cool. I love whitetail hunting, but as far, as far as a camera, you know, I can't, I can't sit all day and... Sun up, sun down, and white tail stand. I can't even do that if I'm hunting personally. Well, but uh, Brendan, you hunt with him a lot. Yeah, he doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> he doesn't sit down. He just no. he's never stops yeah. moving. He's got one mode, and that's go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all go. Yeah. And he loves to hunt with you. Yeah, that's a fact. I think it, if you're if someone's filming your hunt, you gotta you gotta 
you know, get, obviously get along, but you got to understand how each other work. And I think Brent and I do that do that pretty well. If somebody was to ask you, like, "Hey, I, I, I really want to, I want to get into filming and in the hunting industry," what would what would you tell them? Well, kind of, I mean, what we talked about as far as just not quitting. I mean, there's a huge huge thing to say about someone who's just going to go and you know carry their weight and not be i've met a lot of camera guys that are kind of a pain in the ass you know they slow you down they slow your hunt down and that's basically my number one goal is to not i mean not that i don't want anyone to know i'm there occasionally you have to you got to get interviews and you got to you know they're going to know you're there it's a pain in the butt getting your hunt filmed i get that as a camera guy i get that but the uh the least amount of that that you can do as a camera guy, I think would be the advice that I would give. That's, that's you know? good. That's good advice. And be a, if you want to be a, a cameraman in the hunting industry, be a hunter first and a cameraman second. Hunt with a camera. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Troy Ruiz was the guy that I, he was a camera guy and I want to say he was one of the editors or producers as well uh, from Mossy Oak. But Troy is... Um, he did a lot with Primos, and st- I think he, he still does some stuff with them. But um, we were talking one time in North Dakota, and he was like, hey, the objective here is that um, I add to your hunt, but I never can subtract. And that sounds so simplistic to say, but I've also been with people who will remain nameless. And, you know, like they need cheered up in the morning. They need motivated. Yeah. They need help. And you're like, bro, I'm hanging on by thread. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. have any bandwidth for you. Yeah. And so um, that's one of the things that Brendan, and I'm paraphrasing, he says about you, though, is that it, it, you make it better, which that is a humongous compliment to a camera. Guy, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, it sucks for everyone. That's when you're going up a mountain with all your stuff, you know, and you want to quit or complain it's like it sucks just as much for the guy in front of you or behind you that it does for you right you know we're all suffering we're suffering all together suffering. you know yeah i think about it like i'm there and again i'm, I'm older but when we were up in uniclete together uniclete i don't know how to say that yeah right. is it yeah. just uniclete i say uniclete but you hear people in uniclete say uniclete yeah you that's know and that's like go. spell it too. they get to say it right i yeah, guess i guess but um when we were up there it, it was miserable wasn't it yeah like yeah, honestly, it was yeah. horrible. Well, we were there night. Was it eighteen days? I mean, it was a long hunt. Yeah, it was a forever a long hunt. Yeah, and we were staying in like just a regular old like Cabela's tent. Yeah, and it was cold. It was windy, and it snowed on the good a lot. days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a good yeah, day. We had bad weather. It was brutal. It was a. It was. I would say it's probably the most uncomfortable hunt i've been on not the yeah. hardest we had everything wind snow rain yeah we just had yeah. but sitting on top of the hill glassing for days looking for a moose yeah. or a bear yeah and the wind blowing on you and you're cold and you're wet and i was i remember looking over at you and like i know what like i i know it's a numbers game for me sooner or later i'm going to get an opportunity yeah. i'm going to shoot some giant something i hope and then I never have to come back here again. <laughs> if you're incredibly successful, everybody wants you to come with them on their moose hunt. Yeah. Where you're going to sit and freeze your ass off and be cold. Yeah. And you find joy in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it sucks, too. I mean, I don't. I have the same thoughts. Like, God, do I have to come back here this year? You know, but, then, <laughs> but then you're gone for a month and it's like, ah, you miss it. You know yeah. what I mean? 
just like anything. <laughs> That's been Kodiak. Yeah. It's been my experience. Kodiak is a yeah. Kodiak is its own its own okay. mountain to climb. I've been there Better twice. Sweet. Two years in a row, yeah. and I didn't go this year for the first time in three years, and I missed it. Yeah. I was like, dang on it. Like, I wish I would have gone back. And I'm going to go back next year because I just have to. Mm-hmm. And every time I have, like, anxiety and trepidation about, like, it's going to be cold and windy and wet and miserable, and you can't even go take a leak without your gun in your hand there. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, yeah. like, in yeah. the middle of the food chain the entire time you're there. And so, Yeah. And then every time, it's like two weeks later, I'm mm. thinking, man, that was fun. That was yeah. hard. Yeah. Do you get that same satisfaction? Like as a hunter, my stone sheep hunt this year was hard. Mm-hmm. Not because it was hard. I got hurt and that made it hard. But um, the hard part when you're going through it sucks. But then in reflection, the, the hunts that really stand out in my mind are the ones that were really hard yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. whether it was physically or mentally or all of the above. What, as a cameraman, how do, you, how do you like, hey, that was a great hunt? How do you do? What, what describes that? I, I mean, w- weather's a big thing. Obviously, 90% of the time we go somewhere, the weather's awful. But just as far as gear and stuff, I mean, if, if we can go on some pretty good weather and get good stuff and kill a big animal, it's a good hunt, you know? But uh, I, I, it's like you said, the ones that suck, the ones that are hard, and all of a sudden you, you know, you kill something or whatever. It uh, those are always the most rewarding, and then you come back and you have this awesome film or all these awesome photos, and it's like, wow, that sucked, but that was I'm gonna remember that one for a long time. I was with um, my wife in my uh, my first marriage, and we were. It was our, it was when Elena, she was pregnant with Elena. My ex-wife was pregnant with my oldest daughter and the doctor was talking to us about like, Hey, you know, the birth thing, it, you know, it's uncomfortable. Don't let it get to you. Um, and he had terrible bedside manner because his, his basic message was, and he actually said this, he's like, if women could remember how painful childbirth was, they'd only ever have one kid, man. And I was like. That's just like hunting. And he was like, no, it's not. (laughs) You're not passing a basketball. Okay. But that is sort of the phenomenon of hunting. Like those really grinder hunts Mm -hmm. when you get your ass kicked a little bit and uh, the full spectrum of emotion and pain and anguish, you get done and you're like, I kind of did something there. That was kind of cool. Is there a spot that you've been more, you know, that has that like that feeling? I think sheep hunting itself is a huge, you know, it's like, it takes you about a year to recover to where, well, I, I had the conversation with Brent. It's like, man, I kind of miss getting my ass kicked in a tent and doing 10 miles a day and a lot of vertical. When you're doing it, you don't miss it at all, but, but you get home and it's like, well, like I said, it takes about a year to miss it again. But I think sheep hunting is a huge, and that's, that's one of those hunts where you do have a good hunt and it's a huge reward. Like you feel like you really accomplished, you know, you got to deal with physical, mental, weather, everything. There's no such thing as remember that easy sheep hunt yeah. we went on. Yeah. Like, there's no fake yeah. in a sheep hunt. Yeah. You're either you're going to have to go do yeah. something vertical and hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to be out of wind. You're going to be hungry at some point mm-hmm. in time, right? It's just, oh yeah. And yeah. you you get lucky. Sometimes you shoot early, but yeah, that's never happened for me. <laughs> we always go down to the wire. It, it was weird. I killed my stone sheep on the first day of the hunt. 
But the interesting part of it was the fourth day that we were in there because we went and, you know, yeah. moved. We were 30 yeah. some miles or whatever it is into the wilderness. And just to get to the sheep yeah. hunting is is a lot. And uh, so anyway, that, that's um, I think sheep hunting is one of those things that, you know, right away if you love it or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's uh, Jason. I forget which film it is. Marathon of Dreams or something like that that we did. You'll be either going to hunt sheep the rest of your life or you're never going to do it again. Right. And you'll know within the first hour of it. <laughs> I have a friend of mine. He will remain nameless because I'm not throwing, trying to throw him under the bus. But he went on his first sheep hunt this year and his last, I would yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um, he hurt his knee and got life flighted out of the wilderness. Like, yeah. just he lost yeah. is how it felt yeah. i would assume i don't i don't want to put words in his mouth but um not he, his next big hunt that he told me about was he was going to africa on a safari i was like yeah that's <laughs> a little the, bit of a difference not that yeah. i'm not denigrating that either no, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a yeah. deal but it's a different deal for sure one's very yeah. self-driven yeah on my stone sheep hunt i got hurt on the opening day which i did kill my ram on the opening day but i um, severely sprained my surgically repaired ankle mm. and hiking up and down mountains and through that hard scrabble with that ankle was hard and it was incredibly painful and it was the first time that i was honestly i was done yeah like and I said to my wife, I said, I want to leave the mountain before the mountain leaves me. I think this is my last sheep hunt. Yeah. I said that. And then I shot it because it all, some miraculous miracle of luck, it all came back to, uh -huh. around after a bad opening sequence. It all worked out. And it, all the way back to camp. And then the next day of all literally 11 hours of riding horseback. Yeah. Without, when knowing I couldn't get off the horse because I couldn't get back on it, I did. Yeah. It hurt. Eleven hours is a long time yeah. to sit in one of those. Yeah, things. I'm just is. saying. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like I did this. I, I'm, I'm one ram short of a slam, but I'm done. I'm gonna leave the mountain before it leaves me. And about a month after I was home, I was like, Gotta finish. I'm going. Gotta I'm finish. going to Canole in in August. You need a doll sheep. Right? I got yeah, yeah. doll sheep's yeah. last one. Everybody says I did it ass backwards. They're like, yeah, really you did doll first. It was like, well, I don't know. I I know Brendan, so I did. It yeah, his way. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm on the too. burn slam yeah. program, evidently. But that's funny. Um, okay, we're gonna close this one down. This was very informative. Now on the way out, your epitaph as a hunter. How, what does it say? Ooh, I don't know. That's deep. Let's go. Let's go counterclockwise. Okay. I think Matt, I think Matt doesn't know what the word means. <laughs> that's why I want to go. That's why you want to go the other way. You went to Rocky Mountain College. <laughs> I did not go to Rocky Mountain College. <laughs> Mail order. Um, what What's your byline? What's What's in the obituary about you as a as a as an outdoorsman? Wheels. What's it say? Man, I hope I hope I go out in the outdoors when it comes to it. Leave it all on the field, and he died doing what he loves. Hundred percent. Is that yours? Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. I just coined it for you, but <laughs> go ahead, Nick. <laughs> Cop out. Yeah, Nick, yeah, that's yeah about right. let's run that. Yeah, <clears throat> Nick. Um, you know, I'd say leaving whose boots. <laughs> yeah, or these boots are made for walking. I no, I would say. 
Who's bad? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me singing on this Under. thing now. <laughs> um, you know, leaving it better than you found it I like and leaving that. wild things in wild places. Yeah, that's cool. That would come from the guy whose legacy is conservation. I like that. Profound. What's yours? I mean, obviously, as a cameraman, leave behind cool films, cool conservation stuff. Maybe someone will look at it one day and try to copy it and go back to what Nick said, leave it better than you found it. Okay, before I give you mine, I want to ask, what does everybody think Brendan Burns is? What would he say he want his to read? Here's my vote. He did it bigger and yeah. longer than yeah. everybody else. That's what he would want it to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it doesn't he bring a competitiveness to it and an intensity that most people, not a lot of people have. I won't say most people. I don't yeah. know. He, well, yeah, they're better. It's like he, he kills one giant brown bear with a bow and he wants to go do it again and he goes and he does it again. And, and, <laughs> and he's the only guy, to, only guy to do it. Yeah. yeah. He's the only guy to kill, what, two beat Boone and Crockett yeah. brown bears with his bow yeah. in history that we know of. Yeah. Well, all seven people who listen to our podcast may refute that. I know. Maybe one of them will be an expert on brown bears. Um, yeah. So I think mine's sort of similar to Nick in the fact that I would just want, in this stage of my life, there would have been a time I would have said, like, I want to be known as someone who, like, got it done, right. did big things, exciting, adventure, all those things. Like, like the ego side of it's out of it. I think it's just like I, I left it better than I found it. Like, that's what I really want to do. And I think that's captured in, in our mission at Wild Society. And that's why, that, that is really our why, is we, we love coffee, for sure. We, we love the industry that we serve with that coffee. Um, but we get to create a legacy and make a difference so that our kids and grandkids and, uh, you know, that they have the same opportunities to go to wild places and chase wild creatures and, and find themselves in their most foundational human way because that is you do really when you go on one of these big adventures and you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't have all that stimulation it's amazing the clarity that comes to you about like what i should do with the next chapter of my life or what i need to do about some dynamic or situation that i i haven't figured out a problem for so um yeah that that would be mine as well want your your grandkids to go get their ass kicked on a stone sheet punt one day yeah like my grandson charlie yeah um, I got him a Kuyu coat, one of their youth coats, and it's a reversible. Mm-hmm. One side's gray, the other side's bias. He refuses to wear it with anything other than the bias camouflage <laughs> out. And he pimps it into his little preschool every morning. It's super like, Yo, cool. what's up? Yeah. He's what's like, up? He is like molding the minds of yeah. the next generation of crazy. Sounds like fun to me. That's so awesome. Well, Matt, keep telling great stories and uh, and uh, keep working with us. We, yeah. we enjoy Thank you, you and, and have a ton of respect for what you've done and the things that you're doing. So thanks for making a little time for a podcast yeah, today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, fellas. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.